Birth name Charles, but everybody calls him Bubba. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Bubba Balletto. I mean, kind of what I want to talk about this. Dude, every every podcast I've done, I always start off like this, and the reason why is I do it. Uh, break the ice. I, I want to break the ice, and I want it to be as natural as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's just, I mean, that's how I like it. So, kind of what I was steering out, and I've been thinking about this for since I talked to you, is getting something set up. Or mil- not just military. I mean, we can open a broad spectrum. We can go deeper than that. Because a man is told always what? Suck it up, move on. Exactly. So a man buries shit all the time. Right. right. We can't have that no more. Bury everything that he he takes on, right? And that's kind of what I want to get away with. like, Because it's not always that easy. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's best to get away from that. And we are talking about PTSD earlier. Yeah. And it's something we got to get away from because that dark spot, you know it. I fucking know it. The easy way out, right? Yeah. And we don't need that. Like a guy needs someone to talk to. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like When I contacted you, I talked about it. And I was like, you know what, I, Let's do a change. Let's let's put that in perspective. Yeah. So we can match somebody up because, you know, on all the fucking bottles that we have, the shit that we get from the military, they're like, oh, suicide hotline. Like, who the fuck is going to call a suicide hotline? Yeah. In their darkest times. They're not. They're going to lean on a friend, talk about shit over a fucking drink. Yeah. Now, if we set something up like that, we're... We can contact somebody that can relate because yeah. that's the missing piece. Like somebody always wants to talk to somebody that can relate. Like if I call that line right now, who the fuck is going to answer? And I think that's part of it. You don't know who's going to answer. Exactly. But if you match it up. Yeah. So, so basically what you're suggesting is, is like you have some guys willing to talk to people, <coughs> right? So there, there, there's, there's different. There's the Balettos out there. There, there's, there's the Beans, or there's, there's anybody that you know that's been in the military that they're at that point they're willing. So if somebody needs to talk to somebody at that time, they can call. Basically, it'd be like a sponsor, but a random sponsor. Exactly. But it's, it's based off of. Okay, let's just let's just break it down this way, like rough copy. So we have Joe Schmo. Uh, he was a fister, right? Um, he can match with infantry or fisher guys. Someone that's been through that kind of same area uh, to to be able to talk to to that he can relate to. Right. You know, been overseas at the same time, may not have been same company, battalion, brigade, at that matter, but be able to relate. That's what I think everything is missing. Because they're calling, talking to a counselor that doesn't doesn't understand. Yeah. Like, we can talk about shit all day. But I know you know. Right. And you know what I know. Like, What's this we can a, talk. We it's can, just the same thing you just said, Fister, right? Yeah. The majority of people is not going to know what Fister is. No. Nope. Right? So, if you're calling somebody and they don't know what Fister is, and you, you want to talk to them about it, you know what I mean? I, I could see that would, why that would be frustrating. Because what's the first thing somebody's going to say? Oh, Fister. 
what is official now? Because they're, they're trying to trying to relay with you. Yeah. Why have to figure out? Why have to you know? I mean, why have to figure that out? You should just be able to call somebody to figure out that already knows what a fister is. You yeah. know what I mean? I guarantee there's many people listening to this podcast like, what the fuck are they talking about? Fisters? That's <laughs> All right, so we'll break it down. All right, a fister is a Ford Observer. All right, I mean, you can take it from there. I was a grunt. Right. So, I mean, we work together. Yeah. We know, and you see exactly what we see because you're stuck with us. So you see that you see that trauma. You, you lose friends, and it sucks. And my point going on this is... We're losing a lot of people. I'm losing more people in the stateside than I am overseas. Yeah. It sucks because those guys have served their country and they have no one to turn to. That's that, that's basically what it comes down to is they have no one to talk to because going back to that, being a man, they don't want to talk about any of their problems. They want to cut to the chase, you know? But when they do that, they're leaving everybody else with their problems. It's something I want to get rid of. Like somebody that they can talk to and get rid of that shit. I've, I've, I've been there. Like I've, I've been pretty down and stuff like that. Yeah. I've never thought about, like, I mean, I've thought about it. Yeah. You know, the ultimate sin, I, I would say. I've thought about it, but I've never been at the point. I've never been, I've always been too scared and thinking. Like I've always, and I don't know how to even say this. I make it sound really without making it sound fucked up. Like, no, like I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the ultimate sin, right? Yep. And and then, but I, but that, but I backed up because I was just too scared. I, I was always too scared. Uh, I say always, but I was scared at that point in time. I was like, yep. okay, what what am I leaving behind here? You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I be leaving my kids behind. I be I be leaving my wife behind. You know, I be leaving behind all the people that ever cared about me. Exactly. That thought the most for me. I've, I've I've always backtracked, but to say I've never thought about it when when I was in them dark times would be a lie, right? Yeah. yeah. But I've always I've always looked at other people. I've always felt like I've had somebody to contact. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I, I that's why I'm man. What you're saying right now is such a is such a great idea, dude. I really I really think it is. And whatever help you need to figure that out and I, I think you gotta we gotta figure that out because you, you want somebody to talk to you know yeah. I mean there's so many people out there that that getting them funks dude you know and they're thinking this is it this is the only way out it's, it's not it just, it's, it's a lot of times you just gotta talk to somebody man yeah, that's all it is like just like I said between drinks talk to your friends talk to whatever but if you can relate with somebody that's where you get their attention Right. And I think we need to open up something like a, the army or something, government at all in that. Not yeah. saying anything about the government. Like, is what it is. All right. Because when you join the military, it's, you know, this or that. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are and who's in office at the time. We got to stick out for each other. And that's the biggest thing. And I've been there. I've been to that darkest point. And I wish I had somebody to talk to. Like, I've been there. Uh, it sucks. I know a lot of people are going to hear this, but it's what it is. Like, I pulled through. And I thought about this idea because I was sitting there and wanted to talk to somebody. And I didn't have nobody that I could think of at the time to call. And I think it's very imperative that there is something out there that you can talk to somebody. It's not be a man, suck it up anymore. It's you know what? You got to get some shit off your chest. Talk to a stranger has the same kind of background as you. Yeah. You can talk about it. 
because I've talked to Vietnam vets uh, numerous times, and we got in deep, like till they cried, and to see that smile afterwards, to get that shit off their chest, was phenomenal, and that guy or that one guy that I've been talking to, uh, he did that tunnel rats tunnel rat stuff for a while and he's been a lot better so from going from that to what he is now night and day difference and i think we need to get we need to climb on this well let me ask you so i'm gonna back up a little bit when, when you was talking about when you was in that dark place when you said you, you wanted to talk to somebody but you feel like you didn't have anybody to talk to was that more along the lines like you knew there was people you could call but you didn't want to necessarily you didn't think that that they would think it was a valued reason, you know what I mean? And I said it because I, I, when I, when I was coming up in the military, I had I had NCOs that I, I had I had NCOs that I'd trust them with everything I had, right? But I knew if I come at them with some shit like that, they would tell me to stop being a pussy or something like that, you know. Even though even though if I even though if I'd have really brought it to them and told them like, hey man, I'm really struggling with this, mm-hmm. but at the time I did, I just didn't want to hear, hey, maybe you need to stop being a pussy. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe at, at yeah. the time, but so, but but I also had other NCOs that I knew I could talk to. You know, I knew I'd bring them my my problems, and they'd be like, "Well, should I listen?" And instead of just telling me that you know, toughen the fuck up, you know, I knew they would listen. Well, was that some of it, or is this? Well, to to break it down from that, all right. So I had nobody to call because there was judgment. I was afraid of judgment. At yeah. that time, yeah, um, I didn't want that, so that's why I think we need to open up something bigger than that, so you can talk to a stranger, yeah. but from the same background, and they know it's from the same background because they match up, you know. Like we're not gonna have somebody that uh, Joe Smo that joined last year is never deployed, but can talk to this person. Or a counselor that's never been in a situation like that to talk to somebody. Like, we're talking same scenario shit and be able to relate the emotions and the feelings in that situation. There's been multiple times overseas that I was a goner. Like, I was saying my goodbyes. Uh, never said that out loud before. But uh, I am now. But it, especially when you have when you're married or you have someone that's close to you that you're trying to protect, especially when you come overseas. Like I protected my wife 100, percent and I don't tell her anything. Even when friends of ours that have gotten killed overseas yeah and and that's the hardest thing that that male is going to go through or female but when you have somebody that that goes down and you get put on that blackout and the blackout really sucks because you want to get that out there especially the friends that uh were deployed with you before and their families families get it yes but telling your your significant other that you know 
one of our friends that uh, played with the boys and always hung out every night with us or every Friday night and has passed away. It, so it sucks. I know you have to protect them from that stuff. And I want that known for everybody that hears this and going forward, if we have somebody that you can talk to and it, it ain't your person and don't get that wrong. It's something installed with us to protect y'all. Well, can, we, can we back up a little bit when you, when you, uh, and kind of explain to of how they do it overseas when, when somebody does pass, pass away overseas, yeah. you know, one time the military, the army in general, uh, the military in general, I should say, they do their best to shut off all communications at that point because they want to make sure that the family gets gets notified notified first, right? Yeah. Can you can you take it from there? How, how that works? Yeah. Out? If anybody uh, even gets injured or hurt, like or deceased in that situation, uh, the military they black out the phones. So that means no commu- no communication is allowed back home um you kind of just have to talk to your buddies and your friends at that point i know i was a little hot uh when my best friend died so i was in a reconnaissance sniper operation uh two days before that we dug in we're in a sub surf um high position which means we were in the ground and kind of covered uh we're watching the village getting the patterns of life so what that means is we were kind of just watching to see what reaction the town had and the visibility and how everybody moved basically uh we would document all this and send it to assault platoon which were breaching. Uh, we had a big explosion the last day, and uh, we seen it, we heard it, we felt it. I was like, man, they uh, they really got they really got hit hard, and uh, stayed out there another day. Watching them till we got the assault team through, and uh, we got pulled out. So they held the information from me about what happened on that day because they know how I would react. Uh, they told me when I got back to the the cop that uh, one of my best friends passed away, and it was from that IED. From, from the time, you know, hearing about it and then realizing they held it from you, what was the emotions like? Because, I mean, I, I I know, obviously, you want to know as soon as possible, right? But you also, as when you get older, you realize that you know, they, they, they have to withhold information. It's like we was talking about with the phone calls earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they block stuff out for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but, I man, I can only imagine the emotions, dude, that you're going through at that point in time. It was hard. Um but I know why they did it. Uh, they didn't want me out of my mind. 
Yeah. Um, they wanted me completely focused, and I accepted that. Like, I don't hold that against them at all. Uh, in that scenario, I wouldn't do the same thing. So I can't hold anything against them on that. Yeah. And uh, I hated them at the time, but as time grew on, I understood. I had my job. Yeah. So speaking of your job, uh, you know, we, we dove in hot and heavy right off the bat. We did. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do, right? Yeah. Uh, I would like to back it up a little bit and really, I really talk about you, you know, how'd you get joined the military? How how was, how how did you get into joining the military? Then you joined the military, then you're 11 bang, bang. You know what I mean? How does this, how does this go down? Well, um, a little crazy. Well, I wanted to say that, but <laughs> apparently, uh, I had a lot of family that was in the military. Uh, my dad was a Marine. Uh, he would not sign. I joined 17, so my dad would not sign if I went to the Marines. Uh, that was my initial goal. You know, I want to make dad proud. Yeah. Because um, I was raised hard. Raised hard yeah. so want to make it proud right um going from that i always wanted to be a sniper yeah um but i had 11 bravo i think it was 11 x-ray when i joined so you could have been put at a bravo or charlie position which bravo was trigger puller charlie was uh, mortars. Um, that's where I get stuck at as a Bravo. And then I fought to be where I was to be a trigger puller. Right. And I was 240 gunner for a long time. And that's crazy because I was a 19 year old kid, 18, 18, 19, carrying the heaviest machine gun in the military. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we're going to make you big. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's where I came from. Yes, sir. Got it. And uh, after that, I kind of showed my ass. And it's kind of where I got in the reconnaissance and uh, stop platoon. Because country boys, I guess, you know, hunting all the time and being a sniper is kind of the same thing. I mean, just more math. You gotta be good at math. And you just do that, you be reconnaissance, you gotta be sneaky. And there's other stuff I can't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So so you went down that road, you got in, right? As far as uh, you know, one of the big things I like when I talk about military people is uh there's always that one person. There's always that one mentor. When you get in, there's always somebody that kind of leads you in the way, and it can go and it can go bad too. No, you know, there, no. there can be bad leaders too. In they, the can. they can, but uh, I like to talk about the good ones. <laughs> the good ones. So, like, what's one of the good mentors you had coming up? So, no shit. Weird situation. My first platoon sergeant I ever had in the army. Lives in my neighborhood. Like right now? 
Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, he's from Guam. He's a hard ass. He called me Boomhauer for the longest <laughs> time. Yeah, they have a way with nicknames. Yeah. But he was the platoon daddy right there. Like, he, like, going into it, like, even to be, being a drill sergeant. Let's just go off that. Like being a drill sergeant, I was a drill sergeant for a while. And uh, they break you down. And that's their job. They break you down from bare minimum until you want to quit. Uh, that's that's what I was told going through. And that's how I felt going through. They want to break you down. Uh, but... That's their job. They want to get you through that. They break you down to build you back up to what we need in the yeah. military. And that's the way it is. And I've done it to a lot of kids following Drift Sergeant Q. Right. So, uh, yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. It, so, like I, I, I've always felt like that I was blessed with great leadership in the military. Like, I, cause I hear some horror stories, man. Yeah. I hear some horror stories, yeah. man. I hear some bad stuff, you know. Uh, but a lot of that bad stuff is being publicized for for a reason. I've always felt, you know what I mean. But I, I just don't feel there's enough talk about great leadership in the military. I can honestly go on one hand. Or not just one hand, on multiple hands, toes, and tell you about some good leaders that I've had. And, and I have good stories about all of them. But as far as uh, new new soldiers like coming in, right? Uh, okay. I've always felt new soldiers, anybody knows right from wrong, right? Yeah. But I've always. They're supposed to. Well, yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They're supposed to. That's, I feel that way, right? Yeah. But if you're a new soldier coming in, you know what I mean? I feel like you should know if you're being taken advantage of, right? But. I feel like I feel like you should know, right? But there's also the the flip side of that of the people that do get taken advantage of, right? Uh, the people that are given piss poor leadership and they're not progressing. You know what I mean? That NCO that it's never my fault, it's my soldier's fault type attitude. No, you know what no, I mean? No. Uh, as far as as far as that goes, uh, what would you say to a new soldier that feel like they're on the the bad end of the stick there? So better than the stick. If you ever feel like that way, it should be wrong. The he should not be in that leadership position without being a fucking leader. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that it's y'all's problems before it is ours. Yeah. Soldiers eat first, man. Yeah. It's soldiers first. 100%. And if they don't fix that, there's something wrong. Because I had a problem with that. I say a problem. But I put my soldiers first. That's the way it is. They are number one to me. Granted, I have a family. 
my wife, three kids, and my wife will tell you the same thing. When I was in the military, uh, I took took care of all y'all before that, and I will always take care of y'all if I was there. But if you have that talk to leadership, uh, where they have their one-sided stuff, yeah. So to make them look good, right? It's not about that. It's never about that. It shouldn't be about that. Yeah. I had a I had a situation happen when I went to everyone's school, right? This uh this dude, I guess he was going to the ranger school, you know. Before he went yeah. to ranger school, he had to go to everyone's school. Uh, he was a staff sergeant, right? But he didn't have his rank on his hat, right? But he had it on his chest, right? So it was time when everyone's school, we're all fucking freezing and shit. We're all standing in formation. This dude, he finds some blankets, you know. Uh, you know, the, the green military issue blankets, you know. Oh, yeah. Good you know, stuff. The good stuff, right? <laughs> he finds some. He's back sitting on a pile of them, bro, covering himself up. One of the fucking black hats saying, fucking knife handing, get your ass over here, private. He gets over there. And they're talking to him, and they realize that he's really a staff sergeant. Right? Mm-hmm. And so while all these young soldiers up there freezing no. to death, these, this, dude, they, they looked down and said, oh, you're a staff sergeant? Oh, my God, Sergeant. We're going to talk to you. And this was an this was an Air Force guy that was talking to him. This was the Air Force black hat that's talking to him. At the time. He said, are you serious? And about that time, another buddy comes around, and I see this, his buddy has a Ranger tab. This this is Army cat, right? Mm-hmm. And this dude, I know he's talking about going to Ranger because while he's back there fucking covering up, he's like, ah, I'm going to be, I'm going to miss this blanket in Ranger school. Now, I, I'm not sure I never followed his career, but I will tell you this. He was kicked out of airborne school over that. And I, I'm I highly, highly likely he ever fucking made it to that ranger school. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, he was selfish instead of selfless. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, he had the opportunity to be selfless. Like, just think about it. If all them blankets was out there, right? all them fucking blankets out there, what would have been stopping him from giving them all to the junior guys? Hey, Hey, this is staff sergeant so and so. Here, you code private, come over here, get one of these blankets. You know what I mean? What, there would have been nothing stopping him for that, and nobody probably would have got onto him for that. They might have talked some shit, but nobody got onto him. But instead, he decided to sit on the motherfucking blankets and cover himself up. <laughs> you know? That's so shit. That's shit. That, but I mean, that that's one of them things, though. I think, you, man, you don't want somebody like that fighting for a team, man. No, you, know, you it, don't. It, 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 is, is, is it a learnable mistake? Yeah, he can know not to do it again, but still. Get called out on it. But still, because he got called out on it. So what's to say he won't forfeit it again? No, he will. Yeah, exactly. Because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, we'll just call it as it is. So uh, back to you, right? So coming in the military, doing your thing in 11 series, coming up. Uh, what's, what's it like, you know, going from, you know, the streets of Texas, right? Yeah. Streets of Texas, come and join the military. You've done all your training. Now, here you are. You're in your first war zone. How, how does that work out? And what's, what's your feelings on that? Is, is, is it a real moment or is it still a little bit daisy? All right. So, it's crazy. I mean, we'll just call it the way it is. Um, kind of sucks. You're away from 
everything. You know what I mean? So this goes to 17-year-old kids to 20-year-old kids. Uh, you're in a different element at that point. Um, it kind of sucks, yes, because you're away from everything that you've ever known. Uh, you're being told, we got to do this, we got to do that at that point. Sorry, my short term is, or long term, <laughs> got okay. fucked up. It's kind of stuff that you forget. Right. Um, it goes into you want to forget it. You don't want to think about it. But you're lost. You're lost at that point. Because I was 18 going over. Where's your first appointment at Iraq or Afghanistan? Uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Afghanistan both times. Okay. So it's all new. You, you just kind of take it in. You're just like, all right, I'm a badass kind of thing. Yeah. But you're not. And you're, you're, you're not bad. Yeah. Because you're in their world now. And you get shot at every fucking day. You get rockets every day. It's like, oh man, this shit is real. Yeah. This shit is fucking real. Like, I've been on the phone with Jalen and had rockets fly over as soon as I fucking landed. And it was just like, gotta call you back. Yeah. 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 It's shit. It really is shit. And I want everybody to fucking know that it is shit. Yeah. But if we source them, then we'll be good. Right? I want to help anybody out that we can. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think it's it's on, you know, combat vets to look out for combat vets. You know what I mean? You see a lot of, uh, you see a lot of programs out there that are willing to help, right? But... I, I feel it's somewhere along the line. Some of them just lost the integrity of it, if that makes any sense. No, it is. It, it really does. Because at some point in time, it, I feel like somebody, it switches over from looking to help somebody to just making money. What, what did you learn from that scenario versus now? Did you learn, like, did you learn who, uh, I, need, I need to know who I need to fucking talk to. Okay. I got to have this down instead of waiting until I'm at that exact moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, what did you learn from then versus now? Like, what would you do now? I mean, ho- hopefully you're never in that scenario again, but I'm just saying, what did you learn from that? From that, all right, we'll go deep. I leaned on family. I leaned on my kids. I'll look back, just like you said. It's all about them, right? Yeah. That's where I was. I didn't want to leave them guessing. Uh, I didn't want to be a coward. Let's just say that. Because my dad's brother did that. Yeah. So I always told myself, I'll never be that guy. Yeah. Uh, until I got to be that guy. Yeah. It kind of sucks being there. Like, I didn't want that. that. Never seen myself being there. It's tough talking about. Yeah. I, I, I know it is, brother. Yeah. 
when when the thoughts creep in because there's we've always heard of somebody that's doing it that, that's done it we've always i've always known people that's done it you know what i mean so yeah. and i've always told myself the same thing i mean what a coward you know what i mean how would somebody yeah. do some shit like that but when you get to that point you know what i mean i'm not saying i was even right there but i was thinking yeah. about it and that scared me that scared me that scared me more than i needed and so i started backtracking you know what i mean like well I can't do this. I'm let you know my kids down, my wife down, everybody, my my parents. You know, my dad ain't even around this motherfucker no more. But I, I didn't want to fucking die and see him and him fucking tell me, dude, you fucked up. You know? Yeah. I just didn't. Uh, you know, there's there's too many people I felt that put too much effort into me to fuck it off, if you will. But still, there's that point when you get in them dark times. And so when you're, I feel like in, in the what do you want to know? Yeah, where's it at? <laughs> when you get in them dark times, man, I feel like what 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 do you build off that? You know what I mean? Like, so if it was if you was to get into a dark time right now, who do you know you could call? Did you make a plan? Like, hey, I got these three, four, five people I can talk to. Like, I, I know I need to talk to, or do I just need to call nine one one right now and tell somebody to come get me? That's the problem. I still ain't fix it. That's why I want to make this program for right. everybody else. When I get there, I want somebody to talk to. I really right. do. And that's why I don't make the program for everybody else. Well, we can start the program right now. If you ever get there, call me. You know what I mean? I, I think I, we should because I was there. It's not even one time. It's been multiple times. Right. But I haven't done it. Yeah. And I won't do it. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it, we ought to start somewhere, right? So, I mean, we can actually just spitball it right now. I know it's, I know a good way we can do it and make it relatively easy. We could do it. Yeah. I think we should because... They got somebody out there like me, but worse than me. Yeah. And uh, I think it's amazing. Like, like just jump out there and just talk to somebody. And, uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. You have to go through that shit. As far as combat goes, right, your first time of combat, what, what's the feelings like when you're actually, you know, the first time you're having to squeeze the trigger? You know I mean? I'm not even talking about hitting anybody. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about you know you know you're getting shot at and you're firing back. Is, what's what's the adrenaline rush like, it, or is it adrenaline dump? You know, is it getting that real? How is that feeling? You you will never feel it again, ever. Uh, that's why a lot of guys come back, and you'll see stupid stuff, right? They come back and they do super stuff. They're trying to get that high again. So it's not like a high, like a drunk high, or it's not like a uh, any substance high. They want that adrenaline rush that they always get when they're in a firefight. And you know that from somebody that's came back from overseas. They want that. They uh, they live for it. It it devours them, basically. They want that, and that's why somebody will always ask to go back overseas. Uh, I've been in the situation. I talked to Jay about it, and we always want to go back. Because we want that thrill again. It's it's not that we want to be away from y'all. 
but we want that we want that fix again that thrill because you'll never get it again um, when you get shot at that is the ultimate ultimate adrenaline because when you're getting shot at and you dominate on the backside you can't fix it up I like to uh, I always like to equate it to western movies right because if you, if you there's nothing in me that tells me like an old good outlaw story you know yeah uh, like Unforgiven for example uh, if you, a good outlaw movie right He's no different than any good person in that movie. So a lot of time, well, especially in that movie, the good person turned out to be a shitty person, right? Yep. Uh, it's just they they they're just there's something in their genes. And I've talked about in my podcast, you know, about uh, that gene when I feel like it was probably yep. best that I stayed in Gary versus going back to Broken Bow because in yeah, Broken Bow everybody exactly. knew me as Barry Bean's son, you know. Yep. And you getting out and doing your thing, going to war and, and feeling that fix. I feel there's something in you. I just feel personally there's something in your genes that that outlaw way of life that 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 would just happen to be the, what you turn to, right? Uh, and I feel like any any good western movie you look at, I, I, I see a lot of good westerns, man, and I, I always relate to the outlaw. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just know that I, I know who that person is. You know, uh, as far as as far by saying that, what. If you didn't join the military, what would you have done? Man, I don't, I don't know. Because you're I, not in the military now, and you're doing something, right? But I am. You still had to, you still had to join the military, right? So I what did. would you, what would you have done if you wouldn't have joined the military? That's a hard question, because if I had to do everything over again, I'd do the same thing. Yeah, I agree. But. That's what I was brought up. So, join the military, you know, go hard. Be the best you can be. And burn out on the way. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't knock the way I was raised because that's the person I made me today. And I wouldn't change for the world. Uh, from when I was a kid, I wanted to be a sniper. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I drew my girls out, and that was the that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to join the military. I wanted to join the infantry. I wanted to be all. Everything that I've done is I accomplished. So, was you patriotic before you joined the military? I was hundred percent. I'm the opposite on that. I just, I just didn't think of it, dude. I mean, I'm not saying that you know I was uh, pro USA. I, I mean, I always was, yeah, but yeah. I just wasn't, uh, I just wasn't patriotic. You know, what I mean, yeah. I, I didn't wake up thinking about anything like that. It just, I, I had buddies that had relatives that's in the military, and just I got put in a situation where the military was my last route. I, I took that route, and then once you get in there, you the, the camaraderie, dude, man. It is the camaraderie, dude. Like the fucking just waking up in the morning, knowing no matter how bad your day is. There's gonna be somebody fucking right there with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter yeah. what the fuck's going on, 
It could be a great day, but you could be having a shitty day for whatever reason. And that's the biggest thing right there. Like, you have your left and your right. Yeah. And that's what you're fighting for. Yeah. Like, you're not fighting for a president. You're not. Like, if you say you're fighting for a president at that point, like, you're well, joking. Well, well, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say was, is uh, in the military, how big it was. Because I don't remember politics being a big thing in the military. It wasn't. I remember, I can remember buddies talking about certain shit, and I was like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah. for, for, I was, I mean, I, I really don't want to say I voted for the first time, but I voted for somebody the first time. And then, like, a fucking, by the, by the time that was up, I was like, nah, fuck that. That's. I don't remember Democrats being like this. I'm no. a Republican. Like I, I seriously joined the military thinking I was. I mean, I was a Democrat. That's what I remember growing up, right? Yeah. And then, and then once you know, I got once I started paying more attention to stuff. I was like, well, this the Democrats ain't re- what I remember it being like. Yeah. You know what I mean, so so that's why I, I pretty much I'm a Republican, right? But I don't remember. I don't remember having any conversation with any NCOs about this. I can remember talking to people about what's going on, right and wrong, but I don't remember anybody ever talking about nothing like that. We was all fighting for not Democrats or Republicans. We was fighting for America. That's what we was doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and, and then when you get out and you, you realize that people were fighting for Democrats and Republicans, like, what the fuck does it matter? We're all Americans, dude. Like, exactly. I don't care. And I hope the kids nowadays understand it's your left and your right. Like, it's not about what you have overhead because you still get paid the same. It doesn't matter if you like right or left. You still get paid the same. And you should look out for each other. And that's all I think it matters. I mean, that is it, man. Yeah, it is. You got, you got, you got a household of boys, too. You know, I do. I yep. guarantee you're preaching that shit to them. You know? I got three boys. <laughs> so <laughs> we got the oldest fighting youngest and middle it's like dude like we getting fired at, at school like you better fix it <laughs> yeah. like, it's three against one at that point yeah so as when it comes to that so you got three boys right mm-hmm. what, what what do you think would it would it, would it change having a girl at all man if i had a girl i'd be a pussy <laughs> i'd be a fucking pussy i'd be broke and i'd be <coughs> I have my nephews or nieces. I'll throw money to all day. Yeah. I ain't used to grow. No, we can't do that. Uh, so after, after we had Dax, I caught one of my buddies, uh, yep. Earl, and uh, you know he was uh, one of the OGs when I was growing up. He mm-hmm. uh, took no matter how what everybody thought about him and who I was hanging out with, he always took care of me. Him, I had another buddy named uh, Eddie that did the same thing. Right. Go. Uh, he had two boys, right? Both his boys uh, graduated college. His one uh, is uh, Dorian. He's playing for OU right now, football. Good. You know, Good. so you know this dude just always been. A, he's just a square, squared away dude. No matter whatever he was coming through or going through, he always rise through and took care of his family, right? And so uh, before uh, I had my kid, my second kid, I told uh, I was calling him. I was like, man, you know, I, I kind of hope it's a boy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I said, he's. Wow, we got the bullshit in them. I was like, well, hell, the two boys, two years apart, they can go, I mean, that's how they can go outside and just figure it out. Yeah. You know, I don't have to discipline them, you know? Yeah. Let them figure it yeah. out. I, I monitor, right? Sure, shit, I, I had a girl, you know? So, yeah, I tell you what, having a girl is a lot different. Because I, I, I can deal with boys. I know I know what my son's thinking. Yeah, exactly. My girl, though, man, it's getting a little different sometimes. It, it is. Rough. It is different. Put sorry for you. But yeah, it's, it's always a different dy- dynamics. You know, I, I can, I can. When I'm looking at my son, 
I kind of feel like I know what he's thinking. Even today when he's over cutting grass for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I feel like I know what he's thinking. I know what he's worrying about, right? Yeah. Uh, my daughter, when no. she's going, like, she'd be crying about some stuff, telling me how she thinks her friends are being mean to her sometimes and stuff. And I'm like, were well, they really your friends? I mean, do well, I guess we need to figure that out first, you know? But it, to, to me, it's a quick, a quick, let's, let's, yeah. let's fix yep. it right now. We don't have to talk too much. Let's just fix it right now. Yeah, it ain't gonna be that way. And it don't work that way. No, <laughs> it don't. It don't work that way, man. As far as your boys, though, you know, uh, do do you kind of feel the same way? You know where they're coming from, or is it different since you have you know more than one of them? Do you feel like there's different? I guess not different. Uh, I guess different attitudes, different mentalities, like different personalities. Uh, you know, Caden. You can kind of tell them. Because Caden's like me and Billy's like me. So I can tell them. I understand it. Barrett's more personal, I guess you would say. So he takes stuff a little bit harder. So you got to be a little bit easier on him. And kind of explain it that way. That's the difference with them. Because I can yell at Caden all day and be like, hey, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> fucking fix this shit. He's like, okay. Talk to Barrett. You can't say that to him. You uh, can't say it to him. He'll be like, <sighs> shut down. Yeah. Uh, I say, what, man? Barrett, anytime that I've seen him had, I've seen him have bad games on his own, like his own grade playing football, right? And he would move up a grade to play with play for me. Like he would he'd be a badass. Just I'm yeah. talking intercepts and sacks and all in one game and stuff. But he just had a horrible game. <laughs> but as soon as he moved to play on mine, I was like, shit. I mean, yeah. you know, is there any way we can just get this kid to stay on my team? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. You just got to get on to him. Just a different way is yeah. all it is. As far as uh, what do you think is too much, though? In, in, in my eyes, like I – I talk about this even like I talked about this in the last episode. Like if I had to do over, I would have never coached my own kid. Um, when, and when I'm ta- I was talking about wrestling uh, specifically, though. Yeah, I would no. never coach. So we're, we're going from wrestling to to football, yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah. So now back to wrestling. I've, I've, I've said that I, I just if I had to do over, I wouldn't have coached him because I felt it was too. Even though I'm proud of him, he's doing good. Mm-hmm. He, he could still see, read my feelings. He could look on my face and say, tell that I was disappointed. But I wasn't disappointed at him. I was disappointed that he lost. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm proud that he's doing something, but I know he should have won that match. You know, even to this day, if I'm coaching him, we still kind of struggle with that dynamic. But I'm just I'm just more I'm more uh, prone to make sure I know to tell him what he did right, right off the bat. Hey, you did some good stuff here. You know? But usually when he does something bad, I don't get to talk to him because yeah. he knows it at this point. He don't want to talk to him about the bad stuff. So, in a coaching standpoint, I wouldn't change it. No. Like my kids and everything like that, uh, they look up to you. And they know when they disappoint you. Which will read on your face. It sucks. But they know when you're mad. But teaching the boys with baseball, football, every sport, really, they look at you. 
They 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 want to be like you, and that's what I get from my kids. Um, they know that I caught for a long time, or they know I was a safety for a long time, or they know, you know, anything about me, and they want to fulfill that journey. Right. And no, I, I wouldn't say I would change anything for them. I would, I would like to add on to what we were just talking about, but also I want to go back and talk to you about your, your football thing. So yeah. We've talked about this before, but I don't remember all the details, so I was like, definitely, I want to go back to that. But no, we can go ahead. What, what, I was, what I was talking about as far as uh, reading my feelings, I feel like at a certain point my son was more worried about letting me down than actually wrestling. You know, he was worried about what daddy was going to think instead of – because I can remember him walking out to the mat and looking, looking at me – before the match even started, you know what I mean. That, that's kind of that's what I was talking about. He, okay. he was more worried about letting me down than actually winning. Okay, you know what I mean. That, that's right. kind of where I, the angle I was going with it. So I ran into that, um, even with all sports, uh, the boys want to look at me, and they want my approval going forward. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to separate that altogether. He's his own person. He's got to do what he has to do. It shouldn't be on you as a yeah. dad. Like, if Dax wants to do good, he's his own person. Do yeah. it. Don't look at dad. Don't look at me. Like, well, my kids, don't look at me. You have your own responsibility that you have to do to build on to be great. Be great. Exactly. That's what I want. I don't want you to look at me and have me tell you what to do. Be your own person. And that's what I want. Like, I can get on to you all day, tell you what you're doing wrong, but you're your own person in the long run. Yeah. So, I used to have an NCO. He used to say, you know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary? That little extra. That's what he's a good old Nino. Nino's a good dude. So, check it out. So, your football career? Did, did you played uh, you played football. It was, yep. Explain that to me. All right, so I played football all the way up. Um, I was a free safety mainly. Right. I mean, I played linebacker and all that stuff too. In Texas. Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Six A school. I played semi pro when I was in the military. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's that thing. I think that's what we talked ah, about. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had back surgery and I stopped that. Boys wanted me to go back because they loved watching it. Yeah. Which was cool, you know? So, and how long have you been? What, three years, four years? Since my pro? Yeah. Yeah. Three or four years. So, and you were free safety? Yeah. So, you got you got to crack some. Oh, I was a you was laying fast white boy. You, you, <laughs> no. no, we just go. Like, yeah, that's the that's the way I was raised. Like going up into football. Yeah, like free safety, you have free reign. You run as fast as you can. You run into somebody. Yeah. Okay, I brought that shit to my fucking adulthood. One of the we we used to have this uh this video, man. I don't, I can't remember if it was a video based off Atwater or if he we was just watching it because he was in there. But it was like NFL. It was like something. It was something to do, and our football coach used to make us watch it. Right. Yeah. And uh, Atwater was one of them dudes in there. 
with this this safety. I can't remember, but the, there was a fullback. I don't know, man. He'd clean house. Basically, there was this this killer fullback coming up, and Atwater just fucking ran in and smashed him. You know, he needs a free safety, huh? and he was just a fucking animal. You know huh? what I mean? Just a beast of a man. You know, and then, uh, you know, years later, you know, realizing who that was, you know, with him going through through his issues, yep. CT, C, uh, CT, yeah, C, what CTC, yeah, CT, CTC. Is that my saying that right? I think so. Okay, we're gonna have to edit that out. So I sound really yeah. dumb. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get it. we'll get it. CTE, <laughs> CTE, right? Oh, okay. Ain't that what's called? That brain. Yeah, look that shit up. Traumatic brain injury stuff. Oh, duh. Oh, that's a CT scan. Yeah, I know, but it's called CTE or something. Oh, fucking hell! I know CT scan. That's all I know. But e- even with you, see a lot of people, and, and you and you you hinted on it earlier with, you know, the the rush. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Coming from where you come from, right? Then you join the military, and then you're 11 series, right? Then you go over, the next thing you know, you're shooting at, at people. You're getting shot at, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's there's a more to a lot of that, right? Oh, yeah. The stuff in between, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, while you're actually there. But at the time, that is your fix. And, and I, I say I call it as a fix because that's your day-to-day routine. You're either, as, as 11 series, really, as 11 series, you're preparing for war. It is a fix. Or you're going to war, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's all build up. It's 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 all to build up, and then when you're there, you're releasing. I can understand. I think anybody can understand when you're not all of a sudden you're cut off. Your day's done. You're not doing it no more. And that's what I'm getting. I think. At. I, I think it's the same way with a lot of. I mean, I I think like uh, professional athletes, right? Yeah, they're going through the same shit, except for they're not. Same you shit. Know, you know, they're yeah. not. They're, they're not getting shot at or killing them. They go from active to not. Active to inactive. I guess that's the best way to say it. When you once you go from active to inactive, I think uh, I think people don't look at it as uh, that being an issue. A lot of sometimes people look at, well, fuck, you're perfectly healthy. They don't think about the brain part, the brain side of it. Well, am I healthy? Yeah. You know, like you can have underlying issues on every form. It's not just military. It's not like you think about this one thing we're talking about. Like military guys, it's it goes for firefighters and it goes for policemen. It goes for everybody at that site. Yeah, like they see their different stuff, and to be able to talk to somebody at that level, been in the same spot, been in a tough spot, like a real tough spot. I think we need that. Need to open it up. No, I think no, I think it's a great idea, man. I mean, especially you know a person in your position right now. You're you're uh, relatively close by, right? Yep. To an active army base, uh, and I think it would be an easy setup for when people are getting out the military for it to have somebody like you come in to talk to them about it, you know. And I'm sure there I'm sure there's a a plethora of people that will come help you do that. Oh yeah. You know, when people's getting out. I mean, I can't. You know what the deal is, and it's time for people to get the fuck military. No, well, they're getting out. They're, they're ready to get, the to get out. out. They're ready yeah. to get out. But yeah. it's it's like, hey, got it. You're getting out. You're excited. I understand that. Did but I, at that point, Matt, what do you think about medical records, though? Right. So I even think medical. I know so. I know soldiers that when they're getting out the military, they don't even give a freak about their military records. They don't care. What's dumb? Like, 
their 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 medical records while they're in the military. They yeah. don't care about it. And, and that that and to me that that's the difference between life and death at some points. You know what I mean? That is the difference between life and death for some people. Because if you're out and you can't get that help you need, that's a death. You know, I think I think there has to be a, a real life. And, and don't get me wrong. Uh, even when I was coming out, there was people that was talking to me about it. But I, but it was different because I was getting med boarded out the military. Same situation. So I, I was getting medically. I was getting medically. There's right. some people that just are ETS. They're ETS, and you know they don't care. They're just ready to get the fuck out. They mm-hmm. need somebody to shake them a little bit. I'm like, look, doc. I got it. You feel good now, dog. But life's gonna hit you here in about a month or two when you're having them withdrawals, bro. Yeah. You know, but later you're on, you need some help. Yeah. But later on, they're gonna be sucking. And yeah. that's what I want to take out of it, especially with those kids. Like, yeah, you want to get out. I get it. I get it. But there's problems that progress out of there, and you got to fix it. Uh, if you have somebody to talk to, it's great. It's a hundred percent great. Because being down there, you don't want to be down there. I beg a hundred percent. I'll get my number out. I don't care. You can call me all hours of the night. I'll talk to you. Just like I'll talk to you. Anybody can call me. 